Welcome to It's Not That Deep with me, Lucy Woods, a mindfulness teacher, and me, Adrienne Kirk, a psychotherapist. Every episode, we discuss navigating the messiness of everyday life. We know it's a big subject, but we will do our best to discuss it lightly and make some sense of it all. In this episode, we are talking about why do we need boundaries? And this is something that I talk with clients about a lot. We talk about boundaries a lot, and it's often quite a sticky subject for people. Yeah, and I think there's some confusion around what we mean by boundaries as well, isn't there? Um, And I think that's why it gets sticky. So I know lots of clients, when, when I talk about boundaries, are concerned that what I'm talking about is them uh, distancing themselves from people, putting up a wall, not letting people in. And often they've come because they're struggling to connect with people. So then there's a kind of a, an anxiety about what it is I'm, I'm wanting them to do. But actually, boundaries are about connecting with people in, um, in an appropriate way. Uh, and, and, uh, and so that takes a bit of explanation. Yeah, that's really interesting because I think so many people have that sense that a boundary means putting up some kind of wall, some kind of block, making sure we don't let people in and therefore can be perceived as a, a negative thing. But actually, it's about taking care of ourselves, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um we were both listening to something separately the other day and uh, and there was a great quote on it, which was that boundaries teach people how to treat you and teach you how to respect yourself. And I love that. I, I loved that as a quote about what it meant. And it also struck me that we talk about boundaries differently when we're talking about child rearing, right? So when we're talking about setting boundaries for kids and them knowing where the edges are and them knowing what's a good behaviour and what isn't, we seem quite comfortable with those terms. And then it's only when we're applying them to ourselves as an adult that we start to think, oh, it's about distance and disconnect and 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 uh, and, and a bunch of negative stuff. That's so true. We like kids need boundaries. They need to know that it's a safety thing to have boundaries, to know where those edges are, like you say. And that's so true that actually it doesn't get applied to ourselves quite as easily. Um, but I found also in, in listening to um, the podcast that we both listened to, there was quite a clear kind of distinction between different types of boundaries because it's not we're not just talking about one sort of boundary here, are we? Um, so it might no. be quite helpful to kind of explore some of those. So... I think the one we're most familiar with is having a sense of external boundaries, like saying, no, I don't want to do that, whether it's us doing something or someone doing something to us, you know, um, and being able to say no to those things that we don't want to do that are kind of coming in from the outside. Yeah, and often with client work, that's the one we start at, right? So people arrive um, feeling like they're put upon, that they that they do everything and they don't know how to say no. And what they want to do is to learn how to say no. So you're right, that's about how to put up that external boundary. You know, I'm okay with these behaviours, I'm not okay with this much. Or today I'm not all right with that. So today I'm tired and I can't, you know? Yeah, and one of the interesting kind of external boundaries we have and and talking about the children thing they were talking about you know when um it's like oh kiss granny goodbye or you know hug granddad goodbye and a small child might be like "Mm, i don't want to and hiding behind their mum's skirts and 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 often 
as adults, we're like, oh, that's rudeness. I think my mum actually said to me once, it's not shyness, it's bloody rudeness, right? That's what she said. I don't know what that was about on my behalf, but there was no respecting of my boundaries of whatever it was I didn't want to do at that point. And so when we when we look at how someone's feeling in that, we might not always understand why those external boundaries are there, but they're important to that person, whether they're a young person or an adult, aren't they at any, any time important to, to respect other people's boundaries as well as our own? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it can be helpful um, to... To, to think about whether that is about us or about the other person, right? So um, I talk with clients a lot about that. That's about that, that. That's not a you thing. That's a them thing, right? So so the child isn't being rude, but for them, that's a them thing, right? So they're not they're not trying to be rude to the grandparent, but they are trying to take care of themselves in some way, whether that is shyness or, you know, they're overwhelmed or overtired or hungry or whatever it is, you know, that in that moment, they don't want to have that physical contact. And if we make light of it and uh, come up with another thing, you know, that's fine. We always say goodbye. So you come to the door and you wave goodbye or goodbye. absolutely. Yeah. Fist bump, whatever it is, whatever it is, you know, that that there is a something that marks what you think of as the manners that doesn't mean that they've got to have physical contact if they're not comfortable in that moment. Mm. Yeah, that feels so important, doesn't it? Mm. And I think also we have this tendency to to kind of yeah, force on our kids the expectation of manners. It's rude not to. That's exactly, you know, what was put upon me. And 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 forget that it is about a need to take care of ourselves. And that's such an important question. When someone's behaving in a way that doesn't feel, you know, very nice, or is it about me? Because so yeah. often it isn't. It's about something that's going on for the other person. But we lack the perspective to see that if it feels like it, it's a bit upsetting or rude or insulting yeah absolutely and that links quite nicely I think to one of the other boundaries which is this idea of a psychological boundary so where I am a separate person from you so in that moment this is not about upsetting me it's not about crashing over my beliefs my our beliefs might be different and separate um and equal Right. That that that, uh, that 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 we each exist as individuals as well as in relation to each other. And I think that's a it's a it's a really subtle boundary. I think, you know, that that I have a sense of self. I am I am Adrienne. I am also a friend and a wife and a sister and a daughter. But I'm not just those things. There's also a, an essential Adrienne-ness for, for for want of a better phrase, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, the... So go on. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was going to say, so does that help to to kind of give us more understanding about difference? I think it can do. If we can allow that, that we are different people, then then the, you know, the, the friend who doesn't like touch, right? So the friend who doesn't want to be hugged when you, you know, when you meet them or when you part ceases to be something that, that is that is hurtful <laughs> and is just something that's about them, right? That's a you know, that 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 it's neither good nor bad, it's just different. 
in terms yeah. of how we choose to greet. Yeah, they, maybe they've got their own physical kind of boundary up themselves for some reason that, you know, that, that might be some other issue they have with that kind of space invasion. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we all have a personal space and I think the size of it varies from person to person. Um, and, you know, and you, you know, you know that when you get on public transport, right? Some people can have a force field, right? And they're sort of almost, they're almost repelling people around them. And some people appear to be kind of okay with, with, with someone's nose up their armpit, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't think any of us ever get, get okay with that. But sometimes you don't have a choice. You're getting on that train or no. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, I certainly I've I have I've chosen not to get on tubes where I could potentially have crammed myself on just because my personal space is slightly bigger than that. And then had the person behind me kind of push me out the way to get on because there is there is this tiny gap that they can kind of shuffle into, you know, that that and, and that's OK. Right. It's just a different choice. I'm I'm choosing not to and they are choosing to. Do you know what's really weird about that? Is that you're the hugger and I'm not, but I'm the yeah. one that would happily squeeze myself into that tiny space and not care. Yeah. So I have this I have this sort of variable personal space. So for the people I choose to let in, I properly let them in. And everyone else <laughs> is, yeah. is, you know, I, I, I don't want people, I don't want breathing on me. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that out loud. Um, <laughs> you know what, though? I feel like I have to just... It's the choice that I had to make for all those years of commuting. I would never get to work if I allowed that to get in the way. So I had to kind of park it somewhere and just allow for yeah. that time to not... Because we talk about this all the time in podcasts and obviously in mindfulness, that the way we view it is going to impact on us or not. So if I spent that whole tube journey going, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this it would be excruciating. There's almost that sense of like, this is how it is right now. Somehow I've just got to, got to get through the 30 minute train journey. It'll be okay. It usually Absolutely. Is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get that. And, 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 you know, I had the choice of, of being able to walk at the other end. So I didn't have to get on the tube. And so I chose not to. And then so my tube journeys end up being social ones where it doesn't matter if I if I just get on the next one. Yeah, that's 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 freedom. That is. <laughs> and then the, the last boundary I find the most interesting and mm. the one that I spend most of my time working with clients on, which is what referred to as this containing boundary around kind of boundarying ourselves if that's a word isn't it and it's about how we manage our own behaviors so that we're not stepping outside something that we are happy to do now we know don't we that emotional reactivity can can break through those ideal boundaries we might have this idea of a container that we have for ourselves where we are serene and just referring to an earlier <laughs> podcast and you know we're contained. I think that's it though isn't it we're contained but obviously we yes. all lose it sometimes or we all get angry or we all get sad and or hysterical or catastrophize or whatever and then we kind of have a tendency to not like the the, the letting go of that boundary you know the the removing of that boundary 
And we're all humans, right? So yes, in an ideal world, we would live our ideal life, right? But but we we can't because because we're human. So we make mistakes and we get we react to to things um, and we get activated and we get triggered for all sorts of reasons, you know. And and that's okay. I think what's interesting about the containing boundary is that sense of it comes with um with a kind of with a bit of guilt. Right. And that's how we know that we've kind of crashed through it, because now we're not proud of that behavior. However, we want to name that it's a it's a lack of, you know, we're not proud of the behavior. Right. Um, what what they called on the podcast, they called healthy shame. Right. Then it's the thing that I guess that helps us to to regulate ourselves. Yeah. And, and being able to be aware of that in ourselves, I think, is really important, because often what we then do is project that outward Right. And then so we're blaming the person we're with. Um, but, but sometimes sometimes it is about me. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> yeah. Someone asked today about, you know, why do other people get defensive when they're in the wrong? You know, mm-hmm. and again, it isn't about me that you're, you know, it, it, that sort of shift in perspective. And of course, when we do something, when we behave outside of what we'd like to our containing boundary then that healthy shame you know to put it right to say sorry to you know put our hands up when we've done something wrong can be really helpful and there might even be a possibility we know there is because we practice it of catching the the about to step outside of my containing boundary so there have been a number of circumstances where you can feel the anger rising or the, the the inappropriate words about to pop out that you know you're going to regret and the ability to just notice that, catch it and potentially choose not to. Um, and I've been sharing quite a lot. I had a circumstance recently where I wanted to really come back and say, what, how about this and that and this and that? Because someone was telling me about myself and all I said was, oh, that's a shame. And I was super proud of that. You know, it's taken a lot of practice. <laughs> this is not, <laughs> you know, the 10 years ago, I would not have been able to do that because the fair, just, I need to, you know, would have taken over. But the, yeah. the thought that actually I would feel worse, I would regret even entering into that dialogue with someone I did barely know and it wasn't even helpful. I was able to just kind of say, hold on, I'm looking after myself in this. You know, even though they're actually wrong to come with me, come at me with this, who's going to benefit if I say nothing? Yes, they are too, but mainly me. My suffering is reduced in this situation. So, yeah, a moment of pride in really <laughs> holding that container for myself. Yeah, yeah. And that's so powerful, isn't it? Because often we are sort of swept away and it's often with the unfairness, the injustice of it, right? That 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 we that we want to kind of fight back. But you know, it, it, I see couples as well as individuals and, and one of the things that we kind of talk about is do you want to prolong it? Is this the hill on which, you know, you're prepared to 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 have the battle? You know, or or is this something you can just let go, you know? <laughs> Well, we were talking, I, I, I don't know how it was resurfaced, but an old group of, of work colleagues, every now and then someone posts something in there and it's from, you know, 25 years ago, we all worked together and they had fundamental rules at this customer. 
at, at this at this company and one of them was nothing is gained by winning an argument but losing a customer and it's a bit like that in that relationship isn't it you know you could win yeah. you could win but the partner might walk away is that what you want you know will you feel like well at least I was right you know sometimes we need to step back from that and say can we let this go yeah yeah absolutely and we can and you know it's helpful to sort of take that take that out in the world I think to all sorts of all sorts of situations and it's really hard to do it's really really hard hard in the moment when you know when our lid is flipping and we are you know and we are filled with a sense of righteous indignation it's really hard not to go hang on a minute (laughs) you know but but to do what you did go oh okay yeah, it's really liberating to do that. I was teaching today and two of the clients in there had both had instances within the week where they almost tipped into something and caught it and just stopped. And that that, that feels really, you know, now they haven't let it go. <laughs> they're still stewing about it a little bit, but they didn't mm-hmm. step out in the behavior. So they're still processing it all. And that feels really important to let go at some point. But I was really kind of proud of them vicariously for for being able to not escalate it, not make it actually worse than it already was. Yeah. And because it's new, right, because that is about about digging out a new pathway for ourselves, you know, then then there is going to be some stickiness about it. Right. I did it and it was effortful and I'm still carrying the situation around. You know, it it's it's. I was going to say it's the first phase, it's not the first phase, but it's, you know, it's it's early on in the process of then being able to go, OK, and that was the right thing to do and let it go. Um, but that it, that takes a lot of work to get to the and I'm OK with that. I'm OK with not hammering home my point or, you know, making myself understood or whatever it is, defending okay. myself. It's just a few weeks in, and so these these are like the little shoots. But the yeah. but the, there was still but they're great. It's yeah, great. but there was still a difficulty in seeing that. Mm. Oh, but it still wasn't fair. You know that. Yeah, the question, no, is absolutely. It, who is suffering? That's what I'll always come back to. And if the answer yes. is me, what can I do for me? And that's why these boundaries are important. And that's why the self boundaries. You know, stopping ourselves from doing something, even if it feels like the fair and just thing to do ultimately we're going to relieve ourselves of of suffering for want of a better word you know unhappiness sadness what anger whatever it might be yeah yeah absolutely and I watch that with clients particularly with couple clients you know where somebody is holding on to the injustice and all that happens is the row gets rehearsed you know and they think they are sorting it out but actually they're just having the row again you know and so it takes but it it takes a lot to be able to sort of sit back and go can I can I be okay with not being happy about that behavior right you know so I've made my point and now I'm that's it that that let's move on and can I trust that this person will do the same it was badly phrased they were you know they 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 had they weren't trying to hurt me it was it was a momentary thing it's passed and if we can both do that the thing is we can't change other people right so the only thing we have control over is how we are in that situation. Um, and, and, and somebody's got to go first. 
I think there's something very important about letting go of the it's me doing all the work I'm the one doing the right thing all the time because if it's if it is helpful then actually ultimately you'll model that behavior and it will start to be the way you are instead of the dance of the battle you know uh, actually the analogy of the tennis match in that in that podcast or whatever I think they said it for someone like Terry Oh, I can't remember. Um, but who, who came up with this analogy where, you know, if someone is playing tennis really badly, it doesn't really do them any good for you to march around there and tell them how to do it. We can't really make them play better tennis and actually forcing them to is really not going to work. What we can do is stay playing as best tennis as we can and, you know, replying to the balls whatever the expression is you know returning the balls that that we're capable of and you know not running ourselves ragged to try and to try and uh, match that uh, if it's yeah. going to be too difficult for us you know just modeling the best tennis and hoping that actually eventually that will feed through absolutely and and I think the the thing is that that Changing what we do changes that interaction, right? So instead of stomping around the other side and telling them how they should be hitting the ball, right? Staying on our side and just returning it in a way that they would be able to hit it back to us, even if that's not about slamming it out the court to win the point, you know, that 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 but that, that then changes the mood, it changes the interaction. And I think I think that's you know, it's something what I come back to a lot with clients is you can keep doing the same thing and wanting the other person to be different, but but actually we each need to own our part in whatever's going on, and and that question of what is it can what is it that I can do to make a difference here, right? Even if even if we think the other person is ninety five percent in the wrong, right? I'm responsible for 5%. So what can I do with that 5%? What can I change? And then that will change the interaction. And like you say, if you're showing up differently, then you're modeling something that the other person might pick up. And even if you're not, it's still not the same argument because you've changed how you do your part. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I think it's kind of a mixture then of the psychological boundaries and the differences between and how we manage ourselves in that containing boundary. Yeah. And what we're willing to, to put up with, I suppose, with the, yeah, the external absolutely. boundary as well. Um, yes. It's all three. Yeah. It's all three in action. I love it. You know, so so, I, you know, I think it's important to think about what are our boundaries. Right. And they're different for different people. You know, but in couples work, you know, it might be an affair that that might be that might be somebody's red line, somebody's boundary. You know, whatever the reasons, whatever else is going on, I'm out if that happens. And that's fine. You know, both parties know that's absolutely fine. And it might not be that might not be. And, you know, so there are couples who who will see that as a symptom rather than a cause and will want to explore what's gone on and see if they can salvage change resurrect whatever this relationship that they've had for the last 20 odd years that up until this unseemliness you know has been what they want so it's and and not judging that and just allowing people to kind of work with their boundaries I think is really important 
Yeah, and it feels really helpful to have someone that's impartial like yourself being able to manage that because if it's a friend or or someone, they're going to have their opinion and that might be different from the couple themselves. I think just staying with the couples thing a little bit, what really strikes me is you want to believe that the other party wants the same thing as you ultimately, which is to make things better. And if they don't, that's when I might think, you know, I'm out. (laughs) Because if they're not, willing to to also come to with the with the progression forward then that's when it feels like it is just one-sided and might not not might not be helpful yeah absolutely yeah it's interesting isn't it when I was when I was training as a couples therapist you know there were a couple a couple of people in the group who and we got disabused of this really early on right but 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 sort of arrived with the belief that our role would be to to mend relationships <laughs> rather than to help these two people decide what's best for them separately and together. Yeah, that feels and sometimes that is to separate. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose that's exactly it, isn't it? You don't know. You don't know until they work it out. Yeah. And so just to, to kind of wrap up then, I think it's coming back to the sense of really respecting boundaries whichever category they fall into both of ourselves and looking at it not as a a hard wall a distance a separation but as a as an act of self-care and and you know really attuning to what's needed in ourselves and in others right and respecting both sides of the coin and when other people's boundaries are different from ours does that mean it's about us (laughs) not necessarily you know and that's where that that separation, that psychological boundary comes in. Um, yeah. Anything else you wanted to add before we head off? Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, so thinking two things. So one, one is about this, okay, which is which is that it, along with asking, is this about me? I think it can be helpful to, if you're in the middle of a row and something's been said, you know, is it true or not, right? So that kind of, that goes back towards our containing boundary, right? Is, is it true? Have, have I done something to upset this person to you know do they have a good reason for this right in which case can I own it and the other is if it's not true then then that then it's not about me that becomes about them again right and then and then that little bit of distance helps me to go I can see that you're really upset and I don't think we can have a conversation right now because of how you know how upset you are so why don't we each take a few minutes breathe come back together and then see where we go right so I think I think getting that little bit of distance that containment helps us to to support ourselves in those situations and to and to and that way to support the other person as well yeah brilliant advice thank you thank you for that and the other thing was oh yeah I just wanted to say how weird this is that we're doing this on <laughs> on, on video and I appear to have come camouflaged um <laughs> I, I fit into my background really nicely. Um, I had no clue that was <laughs> was going to be the case. And it's been a slight distraction. I've been having to bracket that for the whole of this conversation. <laughs> it's quite funny to address it now. But you're able to look beyond the boundary and to do it anyway. <laughs> oh, thanks, Adrian. Thanks, Lucy. You've been listening to It's Not That Deep with Adrienne Kirk and Lucy Woods. If you've enjoyed listening, then why not subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode.